0: And welcome to episode number eight of Goat Talk, the podcast about all things NFL and just our fan opinions. As per usual, I am your host, Kyle Starrett, along with my co-host, back from the grave again, Jack Nine. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Kyle A. Sterrett. And if you want to
1: follow Jack You can find me on Twitter at Jack P. Nine. Very cool. Alright, so today's episode The kind of dry right now, you know, so
0: it took me a little bit to figure out some topics, but the first one especially I feel like would be pretty interesting because it's something that I've been discussing with other uh, more of my NFL people on the side uh, about who we think will win MVP. So we've got our top five lists for our top five MVP candidates. We'll be going through those for you, and then after that we'll be going over five players who we think will improve next season and five who we think will regress. Now, for me I did it I based it off last season but whatever jack says he says and we'll we'll talk about it. it'll it be fun but uh yeah so that's all for the intro I guess let's just hop right into it all right so I guess we're at the first segment now and that is our top five mVP, can- MVP candidates excuse me uh for each of us um so yeah I guess I'll just go ahead and start start off the list uh with my number five so I actually jack when I was starting this list, I had two names in my head for number five. Um, probably two of my two of my favorite quarterbacks in the league, I'd say. But I had to let my bias get the best of me, and I started off with number five, Carson Wentz. How we feeling about that one, Jackson?
1: I mean, you can put him there, but it's not gonna wrong. wrong. <laughs> I mean,
0: you can you can believe that, but my. It, I was going back and forth between Carson Wentz and uh, Russell Wilson, just because Russell Wilson is always going to be up there. He's just a very good quarterback, good passer, mobile, athletic. But Carson Wentz, the difference between last year and this season is the front office and the coaching staff and all of the Howie Rose and all of them. They did a really good job this offseason, season, especially in the draft, addressing the Eagles' lack of receiving weapons. Especially Carson Wentz, his type of receiving weapons, the fast. Uh, downfield receiving threats who are just going to get open for, for Wentz and let him really show off his arm, which we haven't been able to see Wentz do since his 2017 campaign before he got injured, unfortunately, uh, which he was the number one MVP candidate for that. So I think we have a very good shot of seeing a very similar Wentz to the 2017 Wentz because of the roster updates around him, and he's I mean, still got Zach Ertz. Miles Sanders is back, probably going to be stronger than, than he even was last season, and now you've got legit receiving weapons along with, I already said Ertz I think, and then we have got Dallas Goddard, we've got D. Jacks, we've got all these young rookies who are all fast. Marquise Goodwin, it's loaded now. I don't see a way that he isn't going to be at least maybe if he's not top five, top like eight or something, he'll be up
1: there. All right, so am I going next with my with you, my you guy? number five? Didn't you? Okay, and my number five. I mean, I kind of did these in order, but they were kind of. I mean. When you're looking at your top five MVP candidates, they're all kind of similar because mm. they're, I mean, they're probably top of the league. So at my number five, I have Lamar Jackson, just because I think he could repeat. Um, you know, he's pretty electrifying last season. Obviously, has a lot of his, his current guys coming back, same coaching staff, same whatever. Um, yeah, I think he'll be a, a MVP contender for years to come. So I, that's why I put him in there.
0: Hmm. Lamar Jackson's on a different one of on my list for this episode, but. <laughs> MVP candidates is not one of them. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I guess it's understandable. I'm not the biggest Lamar Jackson fan, but he's got a chance to prove me wrong next year, so we'll see what happens. But I guess I'm one of my number four now, and I actually have. So obviously, MVP is a, is a quarterback's award, as the NFL has made it pretty obvious recently. Um, but I had two running backs on my list, and at number four, actually, the first one who isn't really a big-name running back yet, but I think next year he really has the potential in a awkward quarterback room, an old-school-style coach. I think he really has the, op- the opportunity to uh, be a true bell cow back next year. That's Josh Jacobs. So I obviously last year coming out of the draft, I was a huge fan of Josh Jacobs. I saw all the potential he had, upsides in the run, pass game powerful but could also also add a little bit of shiftiness to him. When I saw him out of the draft, I was praying Philly got him. Unfortunately, Oakland ended up getting him, I think, a pick or two after us. I forget. Did we pick Andre Dillard before him or after? We watched the draft together, so um I think we picked I, was, I think we picked Andre Dillard before him. I believe you did too. Yeah, because I was heartbroken. But his upside is incredible. We saw it last year when he should have won offensive rookie of the year. Um he he is the perfect back, in my opinion, for an old school coach. Like he can do it all, but he can still he can give you the power game that I'm sure John Gruden loves. He can he's effective in the pass game, which when you have two quarterbacks, neither which are suit, like elite or anything, the running back pass game or pass pass catching ability out of the backfield is a must in those types of offenses. Josh Jacobs has both of those, and I think he will probably end up being the face of the Oakland – or Las Vegas, excuse me, offense next year. And I think he's got a really – not MVP candidate. This is just my another one of my biased picks, but I do really like Josh Jacobs, and I think he could be uh, a big
1: name next year. All right. I, I can see that. Um, my number four also has the first name Josh, and that would be Josh Allen. Oh, I know who it is. He's the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. He's coming back, he's got, he had a really, really good year, is it year 2 or 3 that he had last year? I think it was 2. Year 2. 2, yeah. And he was great. And now he's got, added to the mix, Stefan Diggs. I think he, he's going to be Ooh. really good next year. Because we haven't seen it with a true number one receiver, so I, I, def, I definitely have to put him up there, especially because, you know, he could be playing late into the season now. Well, I know it doesn't really get towards MVP, but... I think he's going to get a lot more attention now that Brady's out of the NFC or AFC East. So I think he could emerge as one of the premier quarterbacks in the AFC and eventually land himself on the MVP list.
0: I could see it. No, I really like Josh Allen as well. And um, I think we talked about it a little bit when we did our top five arm talents mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Josh Allen is definitely an up-and-comer incredible arm and with stefan diggs he certainly has there's certainly a case to be made that he will be up there and i know um one of my guy. we all have an instagram page it's a fantasy football page fantasy football times if you want to go give it a follow um i'm one of the I, i'm just helping him out really but he his mvp pick next year is josh allen and between his and mine i think both of them are young guys with high upside but We'll get to my number one later, but I do, I do like Josh Allen as well. He didn't make my list, but I do like him as a as a quarterback. But I will move on now to my number three, who is the second running back on my list, the last non quarterback on my list, and it's another guy who I think is the face of his offense. Clearly, had an incredible postseason last year, and it's another guy who has the makings to be the Bell cow back in Tennessee. That being Derrick Henry. All right, Derrick Henry, if he can this is based off if he can build off of his playoff campaign from last season. If he can continue to build off that, hopefully not get too worn down throughout the season because Vrabel will be calling his, his name a lot in the offense because he is really the only other than like AJ Brown, Brian Tannehill's capable but not elite to any level. Um, Derrick Henry is gonna be the guy in the offense and I think we saw it in the postseason last year. He is a game changing back who can elevate that team to the next level and i think if he can do that for 16 games or is it 16 next year still so? it is yeah that d- doesn't start until um I think the year after yeah if he can maintain that form for 16 games i don't see how he's not going to be a top three mvp candidate behind hopefully my two guys that i have above him one of which i think is pretty obvious one of them is my guy but Derek henry has the makings to be an MVP caliber running back. We haven't seen it up until last postseason, but maybe he'll build off of it and continue
1: to be a big name to watch. All right. I did not have any running backs on my MVP list just because I think we've passed that era. I think there are a lot of running backs who deserve MVP. Uh, like I think he definitely deserved it in 2012, but I think, unfortunately, he probably was going to be the last one for the foreseeable future to get it just because it's become so pass-happy. But, um, at number three on my list, I have the man himself, Tom Brady. Just because I think you put him in that offense, especially in a Bruce Arians offense where it's just air raid. I I mean, you've got Gronk coming back, you've got Godwin, you've got Evans, you've got O.J. Howard. I mean, that is is an incredible, incredible group of pass catchers. And then you've also got um, shoot, I can't remember who they've got in the backfield, but he's not I don't think he's very, like, I can't remember his name. Um, I know, Ronald yeah, Jones. Yeah, Ronald Jones. He's not very, like, reliable as a running back, it's especially not as, like, a bell cow. So, I think he's, Brady's mm. going to be passing a lot, and I think it's going to lead some big numbers for him in Tampa. See, the
0: thing we disagree with on Brady in Tampa is it is a air raid offense. Tom Brady's not an air raid quarterback. That's my concern with him there. I think he's got the weapons. But I think he needs that running game to thrive and I don't think he will have that. And I don't think at his age, with his play style, I don't think the area offense fits him, but it's a it's a hard situation to really fail in, in Tampa for him, just because of all the weapons you have and a reliable pass catcher in Gronk, which above all is in my opinion, that that's the key for him next year. If he can continue that that um chemistry he's got with Gronk, that could be deadly, but
1: Kyle, your ability to <laughs> criticize Tom Brady yet make it so that way to set like make him have a, <laughs> like set him up to not be able to fail is so incredible. P- props to you. <laughs> no,
0: nobody can fail it. Are you kidding me? Who's gonna? Jameis Winston, if he had those extra pieces, he could have taken them to the playoffs. He almost did, and that was just with uh, Mike Evans, and Chris Godlin. Now he's got Gronk. Like you you he's got Gronk, O. J. Howard, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and a coach in the second year in Tampa who's going to continue to get better because he is probably gonna end up as a Hall of Fame head coach, Bruce Arians, Like you've got all these pieces coming together. And now you've got a guy who isn't like James Wilson, he'll take less risks and maybe make it work better, who knows? I don't think he's the right type for the offense, but it's hard to fail there. You can't deny that it's hard to fail there for any quarterback. Uh, we'll, we'll just, we'll,
1: let's just move on. Agree, disagree. <laughs> all right, well, you're wrong as per
0: usual, but <laughs> we'll move on to my number two. We'll move on to my number two, and we're going back to the quarterbacks, and this guy, all right, I didn't want to put him on here.
1: They fart? Because it's kind of a cop. I, I think, what? I think it, we should have the same two guys, because mine haven't been mentioned on your list, and I think it's pretty standard. Do you have Patrick Mahomes as your number two? No, I do not. You don't? No. But well, Patrick Mahomes is my. Number I, I think two, I know okay. who your number one is then. Do you? Am I gonna guess it? I don't because think the viewers you. are probably on the edge of their seats. I'm not gonna guess it because I don't want the, anyone to freak out. But all right, for the well, listeners, listen. I love my number. I love my number one. All right. I, I, I really think do. I think but, I know who it is. But but I'll I'll leave let it me
0: let, let, let me talk about my my number two first. All right, Patrick Mahomes just got a 450 million dollar 10 year contract. And he's on a team with one of the probably top two or three head coach of this era, Andy Reid. He's got his weapons. Tyreek Hill, still a monster. Travis Kelsey, still a monster. Now you've got uh, Clyde Clyde Edward tillaire in there, another guy who's going to improve that offense. And an already stacked offense as is. You have defense, which although it's not an elite defense, it's still a solid defense. And now they've just locked down. Ah, uh, Chris Jones for another five years. Patrick Mahomes, he's in, another guy who can't fail, and he's an elite talent. I said it last week that he is goat potential. Like he is, if there's anyone in the league right now, especially out of the young guys in the league, anyone's got goat potential. It is Patrick Mahomes. He's probably got the most goat potential out of any player in NFL history, in my opinion. And he's another guy. Like you can't deny that he will be in the MVP running
1: every year of his career, unless you serve.
0: Uh-huh.
1: All right. Yeah. Agreed. Finally, agreement. Is that yeah. your one? Yes. But <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right. All right. No, no, it's not my one. It's not Sorry, my one. It's yours. not my one. I'm taking that comment back. and edit, edit that out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You wish I was that good at editing. I'm I not. I have the man himself. Mr. Russell Wilson, Mr. Eight Hundred Four himself, Eight Hundred Four.
0: <laughs> I, I love that one. All right,
1: Russell Wilson. He's pretty much been the do it all guy for the last. I don't even know how many years he's been in the league, like nine. <laughs> um, which is crazy to think about. But you know, yeah, if I was real. talking with someone earlier about this. You know, he he's kind of like one of those guys where he thrives with talent around him, and then he just it, like he carries the ship when there is no talent around him. I don't think he gets enough credit. I think he gets a lot of credit, but I still don't think he gets enough for the job that he's able to do in Seattle. And with with what we've seen them add, I mean, they got, they had, they added Metcalf last year and then they got some good defensive pieces in this year's draft. I think they could be trying to recreate that 2013 team that was obviously super successful and ended up blowing up, blowing out the Broncos in the Super Bowl. So uh, I think, you know, he he's always, I thought he, competed well for MVP this season. I think that Nat Mahomes might calm down a little bit this year, Because usually guys who have this crazy season start to regress. Um, I think it's it's his time, especially since he hasn't received one MVP vote ever, which is just asinine.
0: Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you, and I think Russell Wilson, like you said, is maybe not underrated, but very much underappreciated in his career for the fact that he is an all-time great quarterback. I think we can say it at this point. Yes. He is one of those, like, top 10, top 15 guys who elevates a team every year. They would not – you cannot tell me that Seattle would be anywhere near successful without Russell Wilson. Mm-mm. Like, he's he is that guy. And he's from the 804s. So makes him 10 times better. Mm-hmm. But I think we both agree on Russell Wilson as is everyone else. You said Patrick Mahomes is your number one. I want to save mine for last, personally, because he's probably the best quarterback. He's going to end up as
1: a goat, but we'll talk about that I didn't say Mahomes was my number one. Who's your number At one? number one, I have quarterback Dak Prescott. No, I'm kidding. It's Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> I have Mahomes for a lot of the reasons that you pointed out. I mean, he's got Edward Solaire coming back. He's got, I, I think I read today, like 20 out of 22 starters are coming back for the Chiefs, which mm-hmm. is just ridiculous. Credits to their front office. Um. Yeah, and they're gonna have a killer defense, I and mean, he's he's just gonna be able to put up crazy numbers. <laughs> I'm sorry, my homie.
0: Yes, Mahomes. Maybe I'll have him on my fantasy team next year, and I can call him my homie mm. Probably not though, because I have plans. I have plans. All right, to draft a different guy next year to be my my QB one. All right, Kirk Cousins. And you said you think you know who it is. And before I get to explaining it. it I want
1: you to guess who it is, Jack. Who's my number one? Well, I thought it was Russell Wilson, but is it not Russell Wilson? It's not it's Russell. Oh, uh, well I said then, at the beginning. Then, then I Wilson, know like who this is. It's Aaron Rodgers, isn't it? It's not Aaron Rodgers. Uh, okay, one more guess, and I'll be done. I'll give you one. One, one more. Is it Baker Mayfield? Not Baker Mayfield. I love Baker. Okay, Mayfield.
0: Then, it's not then, Baker uh, Mayfield. I give up. Listen. All right, listen. To me. We're going to stay in that division, the, the ASC West, all right? And we're going to lock it in. My guy, Drew Locke, all right? He's winning MVP next year. And let me tell you why, Jack. all right? First of all, let me just say, the Washington football team, we'll call him that, missed out massively when they drafted Dwayne Haskins and not Drew Locke. Last year. <laughs> Drew Locke is a, he's a guy that we didn't talk about when we talked about top 5 arm talents. He has a ton of arm talent, and not only that, but he now has a stacked offense. All right, you put him with Phil Lindsey and Melvin Gordon, crazy running back tandem. You now have more than Cortland Sutton. You have Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant coming back, plus you have Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, of elite route runner and an absolute burner. You cannot miss if you're July. He has a stacked offense, a defense that was very underrated, and I think still gets reminds me a lot of that. Um, Peyton Manning era defense in Denver like they are a good unit they just don't get the respect they deserve and you have Drew Locke who's incredibly talented a newly revamped offense and I think he will continue the trend of second year quarterbacks getting their MVP nods should have been Wentz and then it was Mahomes and then it was Lamar I think Drew Locke's the next guy and I think he is another one of those guys who is a future face of the NFL he is very good if you turn on the film and watch him play especially in college you'll see a lot and I think next year we'll see and build off of that a little bit and win MVP
1: in the end. That is that's very bold, but I agree with your logic. Yes. He's I mean he's a good quarterback. He
0: for me, if I'm thinking of young quarterbacks who can win MVP, other than like the guys who already like what, what would the word be? Like the guys have already shown what they can do, like Mahomes and I guess Lamar and all of them. I'm thinking Drew Locke and Josh Allen. Those are my two guys. But I love Drew Locke, so I've gotten my one.
1: Very that's cool. just me, though. Very cool. I like that. I like that bold pick. I
0: love Drew Locke. All right, you you would have loved them if the Redskins drafted them, but they took a bust out of Ohio they did State. Not. So. They did not. <laughs> but all right, that's all. I think we've got our top five MVPs. I think they're a pretty good list. Yes. Um, Jack, as per usual, neglects the running back position, which I don't completely disagree with, but that's what Jack does. He hates the running
1: backs, so. Running backs don't matter.
0: I guess I guess not in your eyes. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. So we'll move on now to our five players who will improve, five players who will regress in our next segment. So, yeah, I guess without further ado, we'll go and jump over to that. All right. All right. Now we're back with our five players who improve, five players who will regress, as I just said. And we're going to do this. We're going to go from improve. So I've got mine ranked. Jack doesn't. Um... <laughs> So we're going to go one player who will improve for each of us, and then we'll go down to the regress, and so we'll just keep swapping back and jump back and forth uh, through the lists until we get to each of our last players. I guess minor ranks, ranked, so I, mine are technically number ones. But uh, I guess I'll begin again with my number five player who will improve. Um, before I start, I will say I have five quarterbacks that I think will all improve next season, but I didn't want to include quarterbacks on my list because – I thought it was kind of boring. Um, I've got Baker Mayfield, Cam Newton, Josh Allen, Drew Locke, and Kyler Murray. I think all of them are set up for success in some way or another and have better situations they have in that, than they've had in the past and will all improve. But for my number five, I have a running back, one of three running backs on my list, and we're sticking in my team. We're sticking with my team, Miles Sanders, to improve next year. I love Miles Sanders, and I think – in this offense that is now revamped in Philly, right? You've got mm-hmm. Wentz, and you've got all these receiving weapons. The one guy you can't forget about that I feel like a lot of teams might, or, well, maybe maybe they'll put more focus on them Now will open up the passing game. Whatever you want to say, Miles Sanders is probably the best running back in quite a while. We have a Garrett Blunt, 2017, who was good for his niche, but he was really part of, like, a uh, stable of running backs that, that we had that year, and all of them were effective. Miles Sanders is the first guy in Philly that I've seen in a while who is really that number one back, probably since Sean McCoy, and I think his skill set, he is very versatile. He's another guy, like I talked about Josh Jacobs before, he's another guy who's very effective in the run and the pass. We saw, especially late last season, after he got over that little, I don't want to call it a rookie slump, he, he, got, he worked his way into the league. And he really improved, especially in that Week 16 game against the Cowboys last year. We saw him take another step forward. That really got me hyped for him and his future. And I think in Philly, with that offense, with that coaching staff, with that quarterback, he will take a huge jump next year. I mean, he said he said himself, MVP year. That's all I want to say, MVP year. Okay. Better than any, anything Washington's got. Uh, okay.
1: D- okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're, well, your player. <laughs> You're not going to believe this, but my improved player is Miles Sanders. <laughs> oh, yes. Let's go. <laughs> uh, I just think, yeah, basically what you said. I mean, I think he said up to succeed. I saw him have that crazy play with Wentz in the back of the right back corner of the end zone in Washington. Just yep. get R.M. ramp back. I think he'll do, he'll pr- progress this year.
0: I'm glad we agree. That's a good one. And you know what? I'll I'll say something. I'll say a little something. I gave a Redskins player some love, and mine proved this late. I later. also did. Well, I expect that from you, but I I gave well, a Redskins player some love, which there aren't many good Redskins players. So, I mean, hey, I had to give somebody some love. Okay. But we'll move on. We'll move on to the. To my number five player who will regress, all right? You ready for this? Yes. I gotta make sure. Go make sure you're ready. I'm so, what ready. I did for my regress. He said, oh, I'm, I'm ready. ready. Oh, yes. This is a big deal, all right? My opinion is like.
1: Top no, I'm knocked. not gonna say
0: that. I'm not, no, 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 I can't Cream say that. Listen, what I did for my. Hey, you stop talking. Try and talk here. I'm sorry, right, what? So,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> my number five player who will regress. Another thing before I start this list, I made sure not to put any players in my regress list that will regress because of, like, age reasons. So I'm not going to put Brady or Breeze or Rogers or any of these people on my list um, because that's kind of boring. It's another, like, cop-out answer thing. So for my number five player who will regress, I kind of feel bad that I put this guy on my list. But I feel like I can't see a way he doesn't regress just because of the situation around him. And it's a very good player, don't get me wrong, but it's Deshaun Watson. Mm. He just lost probably the best receiver in football. His number one receiver now is a guy who can't stay healthy, Will Fuller. He's got Duke Johnson in the backfield, still a crappy O-line, and probably one of the league's worst head coaches. And I think, unfortunately for Deshaun Watson, he's a very good player with a very high ceiling and a very good football IQ and just incredibly talented, but not much you can really do with nothing around
1: you. Yeah, I agree. It's an unfortunate situation for him and Phil O'Brien's kinda of tanking that, tanking that team. So hopefully he'll sign with New England next year and start to thrive. We got we got Cam and, and Stid. <laughs> I don't know, we'll see. Superman. <laughs> Alright. My number B Be- my number five to regress is James Bradbury of the New York Gi- newly signed to what? the New York <laughs> Giants? because okay. I believe he's going to follow a Josh Norman type path where, you know, young guy kind of broke out in his contract year and he was let go because in that scheme, cornerbacks tend to thrive based off of front pressure or pressure generated by the defensive front. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that you saw that with Josh Norman when he was released and he signed the big contract to Washington. I won't say bust, but, you know, he didn't really – he never hit where he was in Carolina. He was a bust later yeah. on. Oh, no, he, bust, awesome. he busted every time, but I, I think we'll – Greg Ward okay. catching that yes, Okay. Yes, anyway. I saw that play the other day. <laughs> but unfortunately, uh, I think James Bradbury might be heading down that route. Plus, he's going to New York, and, I mean, name name a good defensive back for New York since, like, uh, I mean, Jason DeAndre Baker, no. <laughs> Jason Seahorn. <laughs> Only know him because of like freaking Madden. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, like, come on, I I. Got... I mean, poor guy.
0: That's all I can say. <laughs> no, I mean, I didn't. I didn't think of him, but that's a that's a really good a, uh, really good player. I think if I rethought my list, he might be on there. I doubt it though. I like my five. But that's a good pick. I do respect. Him. All right, but, but. I don't like the Southwood pauses, Jack. Let's just keep it going. My next player who I have improving next year, before I say it, uh, who were your running backs last year in fantasy?
1: I remember I had Saquon and Chubb. Did you? I did. That was my dream. That I was did. my dream. Did, team. You, did you have Eckler? I also had Austin Eckler. I was – I had yeah. the best stable in the league, arguably.
0: No, you did. No, I'll give it to you. You clearly did. No. Wait, I had I had McCaffrey and uh and Zeke.
1: Yeah, that's because we have idiots in our league who will trade away McCaffrey. <laughs> hey, Dom
0: handed me the title, <laughs> handed it to
1: me. But listen, i
0: I had to ask that because Austin Eckler is my number four, um for improved players, and I think mainly that will have to do with the fact that there's no, there's not a solid starting quarterback in that on that team, so they will definitely lean more on the running game, and you now have Melvin Gordon who's left. Austin Eckler is the only reliable guy left there. And I think even if just like, what's the, what's the word? What's the way I'm trying to say this? Like, I don't think he has a way to not improve next year just because for him as a as an individual player, he is in a great situation for himself. Maybe not for the whole team. The team's going to stink. But him as a player, he will definitely improve. And maybe we'll get to see
1: uh, an elite Austin Eckler. Who knows? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, he's definitely one of my I favorite think players. I, pro- I actually probably switch. Well, he's like... definitely one of my favorite players from fantasy, just because you always keep your fantasy guys close to heart.
0: No, I agree. I think, personally, I'd actually switch Miles Sanders and Austin Eckler. Probably Eckler at five and Sanders at four, but both of them, I think Eckler will improve. Looking back on it now, my rationale from last night when I made this list, it's not as strong, but I still think he will improve. And he'll be a solid player for sure.
1: Oh yeah, I made mine like 20 minutes ago, or well, like 40 minutes ago now. But so I'm, it's kind of fresh in my mind. But yeah, I get what you're saying. All right, number four, yeah. you're definitely. I know you liked Miles Sanders at five, but you're not gonna like four because I kind of went out of pocket with this one. Number four, it's I said quarterback Josh Rosen would improve. I don't know where it's gonna be, but what? I think, no, I'm telling you, the chosen Rosen has not had a good chance given to. Give to him. He <laughs> has had the worst. You could argue that there is never I, – I mean, he's getting Hackenberg right now, except he's got way more talent than Christian Hackenberg ever had. This guy has had two chances to start in the NFL, one for the Arizona Cardinals, which I know you could sit there and argue that Kyler Murray had an okay season with them with basically the same team. But he also had Andy Isabella. He had Christian Kirk. He had – I can't remember the other guy who's on their team, but he's freaking good. He's – Fitz? Uh, what's his name? Larry Fitzgerald? No, not Fitz. Uh, the guy who they added this off or this last offseason was with Isabella, um, wide receiver. Wait, come on, Keith Butler? Yeah, I thought I could. I get him and the guy. He didn't. I mean, he didn't play. Uh, he didn't, hurt, oh, but... I apologize. Then I always get him. I get Fine. him and the guy in New England mixed up. But um, no, I. I mean, I just <laughs> and then he goes to Miami, and I mean, everyone saw how crappy Miami was. Although uh, I will admit they started to get things turned around near the end of the season. I think they're going to have a pretty decent season this, this year, but I just, I think if you stick him, like if he had had a shot like to go to Tampa or San Diego and just get a shot on one of those teams where all you really need is a quarterback. I really think he could have done something, but who knows? I mean, I know obviously he won't, he probably won't get a chance to start in Miami. So he'll probably end up going elsewhere. Um, But I think, I think he's still got something there. I don't think, I don't think you should write off Josh Rosen, choosing the Rosen. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you, I I completely disagree.
0: (laughs) But (laughs) I I mean I didn't like Rosen coming out of the draft either, and I thought he was one of those bust guys. I mean I actually he was the one guy I had below. Sam Darnold's my number four and he was my number five. I just was never a fan, I think I think he's done exactly what should have been expected from him. But I mean you can believe what you want to believe, it's fine. I don't know where he's going to play next year, though. To improve, so like maybe he'll improve a team on the practice squad, but I don't, I don't know exactly what you expect from him. Super Bowl or bust, baby. I don't know. I don't know that one. Listen, though, we're going to move on to my number four regress guy now, um, and this one is another one of those guys who I. Uh, it's not his fault, and I think this actually has more to say about him as a player as a talented, like, a very talented player. But I have, from the Minnesota Vikings, Daniel Hunter. Alright? Daniil Hunter. And the reason I haven't number four is because of the loss of Everson Griffin. Alright? They don't have Everson Griffin anymore. They have some decent tackles, I think. But who else do O-lines have to focus on now, other than Hunter? They don't have anyone. Like, Daniel Hunter was one of those guys who was able to thrive. Sort of like, I think, uh, a Bradley will in Denver, or What's another team? Or actually, my number three improved player, who I'll talk about later, from the uh, from the loss of a guy who was able to take eyes off of off of himself, clearly teams are going to start being able to double the double 100 more now. He's not going to be able to get as much quick pressure. He's not going to be able to cause much havoc because there are going to be more eyes on him. He's going to have running backs on him. He's going to have double teams on him. He's not going to get free releases like he might have with Everson Griffin there. And I think, we will see him regress. Maybe maybe not even – he might still be disruptive. He won't be as uh, disruptive next year, though, and he definitely won't put up the numbers that he has in the past. I still love him as a player, but I think because of the loss of Griffin, it'll be hard for him to repeat his uh, success from the past.
1: All right, all right. That's a good one. I didn't think about him. Um, for, At my number four, I have a wide receiver who had a very, very good – postseason this past season. And that is wide receiver mm. Sammy Watkins. Just because mm. I think that, you know, he was he played very well in that postseason run with the Chiefs. And I think that had he signed elsewhere and not well, I mean he got good money from the Chiefs for what he would have gotten had he not had that run. But I think he's he's expected to kinda of move forward from this. Whereas we've seen a lot more Bad Sammy Watkins, and we have good. Uh, so I think he might crash back down to earth. I mean that team was just hot. Everyone on that team seemed like they were doing everything correctly at, at once. You hit the the end of that postseason run. So I just think I think he's I think he's just due to regress. And he's been one of those guys. It, he kind of caught that bug that some of these mediocre guys do to catch when they're on these championship teams where they just turn really good for a little while once when they're around good players. And I know he's going to stay on the Chiefs this year, and he's continuing on that team. But I I don't see him doing – I see him either doing the same thing or or doing worse. I just don't see him getting any better than the way he's done.
0: I I could see that. Um, But as you said, he's a – first off, he's a wide receiver too. And I don't think his performance in the playoffs will really get anyone else covering him. Like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are still the guys. So, I think as long as Sammy Watkins is in that, like, kind of backup role, like, a third option for my home. So, I don't know. I don't think he'll improve or regress. I think he's found his role in Kansas City. Like, that's just what I'm trying to say. Like, he's got his role. Uh-huh. I don't think he'll really regress at all. I don't know. But I, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, I got it. I mean, but
1: I hear what you're saying, too.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> Look, I'm not the one agreeing all the time now. But listen. We're going to move on to my number five, or number three, excuse me, improved player. And as I said before, I have a Redskin on my list, all right? This is, this is him, all right? And as I said before, while some teams lost players, and it will harm others, like Daniel Hunter lost Everson Griffin, some teams gained players. And I think we all know, number two overall pick this year, Chase Young, is going to be a huge difference maker on the Redskins D-line, all right? Huge difference maker. So when I was putting this together, I knew I was gonna put one of the other three main Redskins D linemen on the list. This is uh, um, who the D tackles, two Bama guys, Deron Payne and Jonathan mm-hmm. Allen, or the guy who I eventually settled on, Montez Sweat. He's my number three guy who I think improved. I think he's one of those guys who will improve as he kind of moves down the depth chart. I think he was. I think he was probably the number one pass rusher for Washington last year. I think he's on number two, and I think that will definitely help him because he will have less eyes on him. No team's going to be game-planning around Montez Sweat. They might be game-planning around the Redskins D-line, but I think most of that will have to do with game-planning around Chase Young now. Montez Sweat should thrive off of that, and I think he had a pretty good rookie season. I think we'll see a huge jump from next year just because of this new opportunity he has to cause havoc off the edge with the addition of an elite talent. That we haven't really seen him be elite yet, but you could put your money on it. Chase Jones is probably going to be an elite talent, and I think Montez Sweat will definitely,
1: definitely improve off of that. I'm glad to see you giving some some love. Yeah, but I of course I didn't want to, but I had to. I agree. And I think his his um his progress is going to come at the expense of Ryan Kerrigan, unfortunately. But I mean, he's he's on the decline. Unfortunately, it is but... what it is at this point. <laughs> uh, at my number three to improve um, is a guy you've mentioned previously I have Drew Locke just because okay he's got Courtney Sutton he's got Hamler he's got Jerry Judy now and as we, we mentioned this on previous podcast I mean he's got Lindsey and Gordon I mean this dude and he was progressing at the end of last year he has got so much going mm-hmm. for him and so many weapons and he just I, it looked like all he needed was to get get a chance and once Flacco started poop in the bed, uh, he got that chance, and he took advantage of Was it. Was Flacco
0: becoming Flacco? Yes.
1: So I, I think <laughs> I think he's going to continue to improve. There's no reason to not think that. No, no. I love that. I love that pick from you. Because as we know, Drew Locke's going to win MVP next year.
0: <laughs> but. <laughs> okay. I guess. Are are you done talking about yeah, Drew Locke? Yeah, Because, I mean, I've said everything I need to say about him, so. I think we'll move on to my number three player who will regress, and this is another guy. I I will say this: every player on my regress list, they're all very good players, but each of their situations have changed to a point where I don't think they will be as effective as they were last year. Doesn't mean they won't. That doesn't even mean they won't be effective or like like still elite players. But none of them are like the guys on their team anymore. Really, that's probably that's probably the theme of my list. And at number three, I have a guy in Tampa Bay who was probably the best receiver on that team last year. Not Mike Evans. I'm talking about Chris Godwin. All right, Chris Godwin is a young guy who came in. All the eyes were on Mike Evans. So what does Chris Godwin do? He goes in and he thrives, right? But now I think they've stacked up this receiving core so much that he might take, especially with Brady now and his chemistry with Gronk. And Mike Evans is the – Brady-type receiver, like not the route-running type, but the jump ball. You throw it up to and he will go get it. I feel like Mike Evans fits the Brady offense better, and you add in Gronk, who's also already got chemistry built up there. I think God will get his looks, no doubt, and he'll still be effective. I don't think he'll be the elite player we saw from last year just because of this overcrowded receiving core now.
1: Interesting. I wouldn't think that someone from Tampa Bay's offense would be on there, but that is – you make good points. Um, at my number three for regress, I have – this is going to be an upset. I have running back Derrick Henry just because okay. – I mean, I, I love Derrick Henry and I love the type of back he is. And I've seen – you know, everyone was watching the playoffs last year. They saw how dominant he was. But at the same time, I mean, the holes that his line was opening up were just crazy. I'm not saying that he wasn't like responsible for the success that the run game had, but some of the some of those plays, I mean, the line was just anyone could have run through there. I mean, I could have run through there, and I, I am the furthest thing from an NFL running back. But, <laughs> but um, now I I just I think he's a good player. I just think that like a lot of other players who have extreme success really quickly, it could expectations could start to mount and he might not be able to live up to them based off of how well he played during that playoff run. I and mean,
0: I I like that you put him on there. I think I put him as my number three MVP candidate based on what he could be, but based off what he was last year, I could completely see that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And anything, they could run him into the grounds. Like, this isn't a, a really big name comparison, but it's one that I think of all the time when I think of running backs who just got their careers, like, run out of them. And that's a local kid, uh, local high school kid, uh, Devin Flowers, Glenn Allen. Like, obviously, if anyone listening to this from outside of the 804 doesn't know high school football, they won't know him. But De- uh, Devin Flowers is this guy who, for four years, was really the only good player on his team. And he was a, like, a D1 guy. Like, I think he had a visit with Bama and all sorts of schools. But as his career in high school went on, his team overran him to the point where, by the end, he was really, like, injury-riddled and just kind of – I think he's a baseball guy now. Like, well, he's always been a baseball guy, but I think he's, like, focusing on that now. Mm -hmm. And he really could have been, like, a really good running back and had a potential future in that. But his high school team – unfortunately, it was his high school team, too, of all things. Just ran the crap out of him, and now he's not good. I think we could see another – I think that would be a good comparison for what could happen to Derrick Henry. If they over rely on him, yeah, I agree. That's just, I had to bring in my, my high school knowledge there. Love my high school. Football. 804. Even my high school team sucks, but our high school team. JR Tucker
1: Tigers.
0: JRT. All right. <laughs> I'll move on now to my number two player who I think will improve. And I think these last two guys I have in my improve list are probably the two, the two players in the league who I think will have the. Biggest jump, like, by far from last season. And I think this guy, my number two, the reason he's not number one, because I think he could be number one, is because we've seen him have success before. This receiver that I'm talking about right here. He, two years ago, very good player. Last year, awful quarterback play, fell off a cliff. I'm talking about Juju Smith-Schuster, right? Mm -hmm. He's got his quarterback back now. Big Ben's back. Juju, Although I think that receiving core is a little bit of an up-and-comer, I think Juju is the guy, is the receiver for Big Ben in Pittsburgh. And I think now that he's got a real quarterback back, like who's to say he won't go back to his elite level that he was two years ago? I like Juju a lot, and I think we've seen what he can do. He just needs someone to get him the ball, and I think he's got it again now. And I think, no doubt in my mind, he will definitely be an improving guy.
1: Yeah, no, another former Purple Hoser. Uh, always root for Juju. Yeah. Great guy. Uh, but, yeah. No, he was crazy. He was oh, crazy those oh. first two years of his career. He kind of had a bumpy one this year. Just because he's playing with freaking... Um, I don't even know his name. Duck Hodges. Duck Hodges and... I don't know. How, the, Racist guy. Punching bag, dude. <laughs> that guy, yeah. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Mason sure <Yes>. <laughs> uh So, I don't know. I agree. Yeah. All right. At my... It's a very good play. Uh, yes, at my second to improve, I have R- Redskins cornerback Fabian Moreau, and the reason I have him <clears there throat> is because, I mean, he's shown a little bit of, you know, promise in the slot over the last couple seasons. But to, the, and he he started to get hot. He usually gets hot around like late in the year. But, uh, you know, they, I don't know how to word this. They expected him to play slot when he was first drafted, and they put him there, and he had his flashes, but they also put him at outside corner due to injuries. Uh, like They didn't plan on doing that, but I thought he played better outside, and I think now that Norman's gone, he will get more looks at the outside because Kendall Fuller will be playing inside. I don't know who will be across from him, but I think he'll be able to take advantage of that role and play really well just because it seems like he's a better outside corner as is. Even though his body structure, being small and fast, he looks more like a slot corner. I think he'll be a lot better on the outside, and I think that – I just think he'll do better. I think that's a better fit for him. Okay. I think it's interesting. I, I don't disagree. I don't know enough about him, but
0: – I I mean, it's a good pick. Um, I actually almost put he, – he was probably my number six on my improve list. One of my team's corners, uh, Sidney Jones – who showed a lot of promise at the end of last season after being probably one of the most hated players in Phillies for while, Philly for a while there, just because he sucks so bad. But in the last year, he stepped up his game, and I think NFC's corners they might be uh, might take a jump. So another guy I thought of was uh, for my improved list, Julian Love uh, from the Giants. Another guy who now that DeAndre Baker's gotten himself in some trouble, but there's a legit number one corner there now. Who know? I think all these NFC's corners could take a big jump with big names ahead of them. does yeah, I think they'll be, be solved. That's a good pick for me. Thank you, thank you. Yes, of course. But we got to move on to the regress list now. And my number two is someone who you mentioned a little bit earlier. And I said I didn't like him very much, and that's Lamar Jackson. All right. I'm not saying Lamar's a bad player by any means, but you saw what he did last year. There's no way he repeats that. I'm going to call I'm saying that now there's no way he repeats what he did last year. Teams are going to figure him out even if he's still a, like a, a good player, an efficient quarterback in the run and pass game, teams will figure out figure him out he will not play at that MVP level again. And yeah, I mean I don't think he'll fall off next year. Definitely not next year. Maybe in a couple of years he may take a little bit of a cliff dive, but I mean, next year he won't be terrible but he definitely won't be like, I don't know, the second coming of
1: Michael Vick again.
0: Like, I don't see that from him.
1: I agree with you, Kyle. I agree with you so much that Lamar Jackson was actually on the regress list. Nice. <laughs> uh, for basically the same reasons that you said. Uh, also, I think durability is an issue. He doesn't play like Russell Wilson. I don't think yeah. he intends to. Uh, and you have to play like Russell Wilson. That, kind of, that style of running quarterback to be – have sustained success, and I just don't think he... Unless he starts doing that, I don't think that he'll be able to do play the way he has been playing for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, and we talked about it in an earlier episode, too. Like, the sustainability issue is definitely real, and I think he is a good dual-threat quarterback, but I don't know. I don't see it as a... I don't see it sustainable. I don't see him and his play style is sustainable. I also don't think just, I guess it fits in with play style as well, but his, like, the way he just jumped on the scene and no nobody can really stop him, I don't think that's sustainable either. I think teams will eventually learn how to slow him down and not take him out of games, but limit his, I guess, effect on him or whatever. Mm-hmm. We agree, so it's yes. cool. But, well, we're hitting the 30-minute point on the segment, so we'll get to my number one improved player, Another guy, we I talked about uh two straight AFC North guys. I'm gonna talk about third now. He's a guy who I I liked his former quarterback more than most, but that offense was atrocious and the defense was atrocious, and he was a star just buried in all this garbage that was the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm talking about Joe Mixon, alright? And I think Joe Mixon is set up to probably have one of the Best seasons, like like one of the best jumps of like any player we've seen season to season. I think Joe Mixon, the potential it's over like it's overwhelming the amount of potential he has, and that coming out of college, he was like a potential first round back. The only issue with him was he did some I forget what he did. He had like a sexual assault allegation or something like that. He had some some from college. Yeah, he did. He did something, and it's not good. But that's the only reason he fell. He's a very good back, potentially elite back, that we just haven't really got to see yet. And I think next year with Joe Burrow, who isn't this, this like franchise-saving quarterback, but he is a better quarterback than they've had in Andy Dalton, who just couldn't get it done in Cincinnati, unfortunately. They've got him. They've got better weapons. Zach Taylor has a chance to prove himself. And I think Joe Mixon will definitely benefit from all this. And... Have a great season next year. I see him as being a top five back, maybe even top three back next year.
1: Yeah, I I like that. That was a surprise pick. Um, Yes, But at my number one to improve, I have another young AFC player. Uh, I mentioned his teammate earlier in this list. I have wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, Cortland Sutton. Just because um, I know it's going to look rough there probably for him as far as, like, targets just because they've got Hamler in. Judy with him, but... Uh, I mean, Corlin Sutton's looked like... I, I like to compare him to Juju just based off of, like, basically how he's come out of no not come out of nowhere, but his play style and the way that he rose to, uh... not stardom, because I wouldn't call him a star, but the basically the way he's not not gotten attention, the way that he's gaining attention, he's... it, it kind of just reminds me of Juju's path. But, uh, no, I think with Locke starting to become a lot better and obviously... With those guys, he won't get the targets, like I said, but that also comes with the fact that, you know, they're going to have, they're going to draw attention from defenses too, which might leave him yeah. open. So, Eyes are off him yeah, I, I, I really think that he's, he's someone who could break out this year.
0: I, you mean, know, I love that pick. That's, uh, I did, he's another guy that crossed my mind, but with, uh, Drew Locke there, he was like the guy from Denver that I really wanted to mention. I put him on my, my quarterback's honorable mentions list, I guess, but, yeah, know, Sutton, um, I think, like you said, the target thing, that's probably the thing that kept, me up, that kept him off my list. But I do – I love Quilton Sutton. I think he – imagine if Calvin Johnson in, in Detroit got other people around him and was not getting thrown up jump balls every play. <laughs> yeah, Like, we could yeah. see maybe that kind of – like, Calvin Johnson, his career would have gone on for so much longer, and he probably would have been even more elite if he got some help. Other than just it being him and Matthew Stafford, so yeah, you no, know, I like Courtland Court Sutton a lot, and I can completely agree with that one. I do like that
1: that pick. Thank
0: you. But we're not the number one player who will regress, all right? And we hit the same number two. I'm thinking maybe we'll have the same number one as well. My guy, I talked about him a little bit earlier in this in this episode. I love this. I love this player. I really do. Um, and he did. Pretty much single handedly win me the fantasy league, but with a real quarterback and a, I don't know, I guess a, just a better team around him overall, I don't think Christian McCaffrey will be the, I guess, what, what's the word? Like, um, bell cow. Bell cow backs what I'm thinking of. I don't think he'll be the, like, the bell cow, do it all kind of player we've seen. Now he's got Teddy Bridgewater. DJ Moore should improve from that as should um, Curtis Samuel. The defense should be massively revamped, so that should just help the whole team gen- in general. But I don't think all eyes will be on Chris McCaffrey as they were last year. And I don't think – I think he'll still be a great player, possibly elite. I definitely think he will take a step backwards. And he was honestly the first – when I thought of players who will regress, he was the first thing that popped in my mind just because of all this, especially Teddy Bridgewater. He's really the main reason I think – Chris McCaffrey won't be the bell cow that he was last year, and because of that, he'll take a huge step back.
1: Yeah, I can I can definitely see that just because that offense will probably be a lot better. Um, yeah, my love, Teddy. Brewer. Yes, my final regress player at number one is quarterback Ryan Tannehill, just because I know he got that huge deal in the off season, which uh, they they had to have seen something in him to do that, but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he threw for, like, in the two playoff wins they had, he threw for, like, a combined, like, 140 yards. Like, I just – I don't know what to say. It's it's another issue of, like, Sammy Watkins. Like, other than that postseason run, what what have you seen from their career that would garner that to, it's, it's sustained success? Like, there's no, there's no reason to believe in him to do – to continue that success when all you've seen other than that is kind of mediocre play. And it seemed like he pretty much was carried mm-hmm. by Derrick Henry in the – line to that championship game, and I won't say he lost it for him, but I don't think he ever won any games for them uh himself, yeah. so i just don't I don't see him playing at that level that he played if he even played that at that high level and during that run,
0: yeah well, I mean I see what you're saying, but I think the one thing people forget about Ryan Tannehill is in Miami for a while there he was like he was the guy like. Hmm. He was a respected quarterback in the league, and he actually played really really well. The issue with him wasn't his play, though. It was the fact that he was incredibly injury-prone and couldn't stay on the field. Um, And I think – I mean, I can agree with you that he won't have the same success that he did in the playoffs, not like he was the reason for Tennessee's success, because that was Derrick Henry. But I can see him slightly regressing – I don't know if he ever was really at that point, though. Like you said, like, he didn't really do that much. So what's he really going to regress from? I think if you talk more about the regular season, because it, during the regular season, he was clearly the catalyst that turned that team around. Mm-hmm. So if you if we're just talking about, like, Ryan Tannehill last year's regular season, I can completely agree with you. I think he probably will take a step back, and I don't think Tennessee is a big playoff contender this year. So I can see that being a regress pick, for sure. Okay, but... Thank you. I think, I'm glad we had different lists. Like, usually our lists are semi-similar. I'm glad these were, these had a lot of different names turned around. We had a couple similar ones, Miles Sanders, Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. but for the most part, they were, they were good. They were good lists, And, um, uh, makes things more interesting, I'd say. Yes, definitely. If we're not the same all the time. Some are obvious, some you can't avoid, but this was fun. I like this one. Yeah, I, I as well. Yes, this was fun. We got to do more of these. I'll make sure to do more more stuff like this, Jackson, because I know you love this.
1: <laughs> yes, sir.
0: <laughs> oh yes, goat talk. Anyways, that is all for this segment of today's podcast. Um, so as per usual, all we have left to do is go to the outro and end it off. All right, thank you all for listening to episode eight, dominate. Um, anyways, thank you <laughs> all for listening. <laughs> um, as per usual, again, I'm your host, Kyle Starett along with my usual co-host, 9 if you want to follow me on Twitter. You can do so at Kyle A. Starrett. If you want to follow Jack on Twitter.
1: You definitely want to follow me. And my Twitter handle is at JackBrisen9. Jack is an avid user of Twitter. I am not so much, but you can follow me there. Anyways. But,
0: um, yeah, like I said, that's all for this episode. Uh, hope everyone enjoyed. As per usual, as I'm trying to get this thing to grow at least a little bit. All right. I would love some growth. please. If you listen, go ahead and share this, try and get more people to listen. I'm tired of seeing three viewers every every episode because I think it's, I think this is fun for me. I'm sure Jack loves it as well. Um, yes. it's, an enjoyable it's an enjoyable thing for me, and, and for both Jack and I, it's something that will, it helps our future a little bit, and yeah, I mean, I would love to see this thing gain su- some success, so if you could, share it, uh, get more people to listen, and help, this, help us blow up on this podcast. But well, yeah, that's all for like today. Like and
1: subscribe.
0: I, can people, I don't think people can subscribe. You can, um, what can you do? You can probably do something on uh, Share with your friends. Yeah. You well, can share I with your friends. That. Listen, <laughs> you can, I'm sure you can do something with Spotify and help us grow, all right? But, um, so yeah, that's all for today's episode. Appreciate you all for listening, and Peace out, everybody.